I've missed everyone. Glad you're here with us today. We're going to continue on with our series about the parables and the stories that Jesus told to us to communicate his love to us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to continue on with our series in the parables. Um, before we get started, I want to, again, let's pray for Laird Borland's family. Remember them. Uh, Pastor Dennis and, and Sharon, they're away celebrating his mother's 80th birthday today. So we'd like to wish Martha a happy birthday. And uh, we need to remember Bob Bottoms. He's having heart surgery on Monday, so keep him in your prayers as well. Uh, but a lot of stuff going on, as mentioned. Give the worship team another great round of applause. That, that was excellent, ladies. Thank you. But uh, I want to start off, is there anyone here that has a garden, whether that's a flower garden or, or a vegetable garden? Raise your hand. Okay, so some green thumbs in here. Okay. Um, now, how many of you like weeds in your garden? <laughs> There's always one. There's always one. Okay, so I had to be careful how I titled this message because I, I come up with all kinds of catchy themes about weeds being in the garden, but... But I didn't go with that because I was afraid that we'd have the wrong kind of crowd in here today. <laughs> but that's all right. We, hey, we need everybody. We need everybody. But there's always weeds, weeds in the garden. It doesn't matter how much we work or, or what we put on that garden. There's always weeds in the garden. Some of my fondest memories about growing up is being with my great-grandfather and uh, he always had a garden, and I was always outside with him because I wasn't allowed in the house. If it wasn't raining or storming, I was outside, and what, I felt like I wasn't allowed inside. But anyway, I was always with my great-grandfather, and uh, I would always be behind him. I'd always have my little garden tools, you know, that didn't work, but I used them anyway. And I was always behind him, you know, just weed, you know, weeding those weeds out and just, just using my hoe and picking up rocks. I mean, right, he used to get the rototiller out, and he would till up the garden, and I would be following behind him just picking up rocks after rocks after rocks. And that really made me think about this, this sermon and, and this parable that Jesus is telling us here. And I was just at the, the old home place the other day, and my dad actually grows a garden in this same spot. And I got to look, and I'm like, that's the same weed. I pulled up, you know, years and years ago. That's the same weed. It's coming back again. How is there rocks still in this garden? I, I had for sure thought that I got every rock out of that garden, but yet there's still rocks in that garden. It's, all, it's always a lot of work. But I love gardens. I, I love vegetable gardens. I like to eat vegetables. And I like flower gardens. I like to look at flowers. I do not like the garden. I'm not very good at gardening. It's too much work for me. I don't have time to garden. I can start a garden just fine, but eventually the weeds start taking over, and it doesn't look as good. We just bought a, a new house the other day, and, and, and I love this new house, and it has this nice pretty walkway and flower beds on both sides of the walkway and a big flower bed in the front, and that's the first thing I noticed because, man, I'm like, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of work. I do not look forward to working in that flower garden. It looks beautiful now. But I assure you, unless someone else comes and helps me take care of it, it's not going to look as good as it does now. And so, like I said, we were gone for a week. And just studying this sermon and studying this parable for the last couple of weeks, the first thing I noticed when I got back home was not like, oh, I'm so glad to be home. Or, I'm tired. It was, oh, those weeds were not there before I left. So I have a lot of weeds to pull already. It's like they were just staring me in the face, saying, hi, here we are. You thought we weren't going to be here. I thought, 
I thought the previous owner put that matting stuff down to keep weeds from growing, but no, they didn't. They just threw some mulch over it and called it good, and it did not work. It did not work. But the weeds will always be there, no matter how many times we pull them or how many times we get the weed beyond out and spray them, which is fine, by the way, because you can just spray the weeds and they just die away, right? But then you start to pick them because you got these dead weeds everywhere. We try to cover them with materials, cover them with matting, but it seems like it never works. They always find a way through. They always find a way to stare at you in the face. They always find a way to get in between you and the product that you're trying to grow, your vegetables or your flowers, and they're always trying to choke them out. And it's a lot of work. But before we get into it, I want to talk about the setting of the the parable. And here we have, I'm sure Jeff talked about it last week, is Jesus was on a boat and he was talking out to the crowd that was sitting on the bank. And he was communicating to them. Because you got to remember, there were a multitude of people there. There were different genera- generations there and ages. There were different nationalities there. So communication was a big thing. And, and back in those days, there were not a lot of written records. So any kind of history or stories, they had to be passed down from people that told those stories. So when someone started speaking, especially an elder People started paying attention. People listened because they wanted to take it in. They wanted to know everything. And so like when I hear my grandparents tell a story or my parents tell a story, I get drawn into that. I get drawn into it because they know they lived it. I didn't. And that's what he's, that's what he's, he's trying to communicate his love to us. He's trying to break down those barriers. You know, when we were on vacation, we had a housekeeper come in and I don't know if you've ever spoken to anyone that spoke a different language or you had a hard time communicating with them, but it seems like when we meet someone or we talk to someone that has a different language than we, are, than we have, we try to maybe talk a little bit louder because if we talk louder, they're going to understand what we're trying to say. <laughs> or, and if that doesn't work, we slow it way down. Right, Because if we talk slowly, they can understand what we're saying. Right, And if that doesn't work, we can start using all kinds of weird hand gestures because we know that they can understand the sign language that we don't know. Right, And then sometimes we just combine all those together like, I don't want towels, do not come. I, you know, we just keep going and going, right? So we were in our hotel in this little lady came up and she spoke Spanish and she spoke Spanish fluently right she did not speak English fluently and so it was a, it was funny to what Sarah tried to communicate with this lady and she'd done all three of those things and she, the lady did those same three things to Sarah like this is not going I don't understand either one of them now I don't know what's going on but it's amazing how that correlates with what we're talking about today is those communication barriers that's why Jesus spoke to us and taught us in parables so we would get it. No matter if we didn't understand the language or the terminology, we would get it. They passed down of telling stories. And today we're going to be studying about the parable of the weeds and the wheat. See, Jesus was trying to communicate to people who he truly was. Who he truly was because, see, the, the Jewish people, they were waiting. God's people were waiting on the Messiah. They were waiting. But see, some people thought he was going to be a strong military ruler that was just going to kick Rome's tail, right? Take them out. 
defend us. You know, they were, they were expecting a gladiator-type hero as their Messiah. Some people were expecting a powerful political figure to come fix everything instantly. But Jesus is saying, I'm not either one of those. I'm not at that. I am the Messiah, but I'm your Savior. I'm your eternity. My kingdom is here. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is the kingdom of heaven. My kingdom is here. I'm here, but I'm none of those things. I'm way, way more. Let's pray before we get into Scripture. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray today that you open up our hearts and that you open up our ears, Lord, that we would hear your words and hear your message, Lord. Just speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Lord, just clear out all the distractions. Lord, just uh, please just speak to us today. Lord, your Holy Spirit, I can feel you here already, but you're welcome here. Lord, just fill this place with your spirit. And Lord, we thank you for everything you do. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 today. And I'm going to skip around just a little bit because Jesus fits a, a couple more parables in between the scripture that we'll be going to talk about later. But um, I'm going to start in verse 28. I mean, sorry, 24. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? Verse 28, An enemy has done this, the farmer explained. Should we pull the weeds, they asked? Verse 29, no, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Now see, this would be a low blow to a farmer. Weeds growing on their own is bad enough, right? Plowing a garden, planting seed, then having weeds grow up naturally is bad enough. But having someone come in there and plant weeds in your garden, that would make you fighting mad, right? Does anyone, have, anyone ever plant weeds in their garden? No, maybe someone stole you know, the flowers or, or the tomatoes out of your garden, but no one's actually ever went and planted weeds in your garden. So this would have been a punishable offense back then. This is a slap in his face. See, the workers reacted the way any of us would, right? Let's, let's put on our gloves, get the weed spray out, and we're going to go to work. We're going to pull those weeds, right? That's what we, we would all have done. But see, here's where the story takes a turn. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put, them in the, wheat, put the wheat in the barn. Huh? So you don't want us to pull the weeds to save the wheat? Why? We will uproot the wheat in the process. See, later on, as the crowd dispersed, his disciples were, were kind of still understand what you were talking about because we would pull the weeds. So, Jesus, can you tell us what you're talking about? And so they're in a smaller setting now, kind of like we are. He's like, come in, right? Gather closely. Listen. 36 to 43. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went to the house. 
His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the son of man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world. And the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the harvesters are the angels. So a lot going on right here, right? A lot of different characters. So we have the farmer, who's our heavenly father, who plants the good seed. We have the field that represents the world that we live in. Because this is his kingdom. And the weeds are the ones that belong to the evil one. The weeds are the ones that belong to Satan. His enemy. And the harvesters are the angels. Verse 40. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels who and the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And here's where we get to the meat of the message. I'll ask you a question as you're sitting here today. It's clearly stated that we're either planted as weeds. Or we're planted as wheat. We're either weeds or we're wheat. We're either part of his kingdom or we're part of Satan. And that's kind of hard to take in. But we're one or the other. So today we're going to be looking at the destiny of the weeds and the wheat. So three thoughts, three things that we can gather from these two. The weeds and the wheat, the enemy and the good guys growing together. Why? Why is that? So one thing I want us to, figure, to learn and to think about is both were planted together. Both were planted together. The seeds of the wheat and the seeds of the weeds were planted together. Now, the weeds that we're, that we're talking about in this scripture is, is the beard of darnel. Okay? That's the, the weed that was planted. That's what Jesus was using in this parable. And that's significant. We'll get into that in just a second. But see, they had the common experience of having been planted, right? Just a sower was different. And there's two very key differences between the character of the seeds. So the character of the seed, obviously, the seed of the wheat produces fruit. It produces something that's valuable. It produces something that can be used, right? And the seed of the weeds produces tares, which is not useful at all. See, on a spiritual level, that seed is a thing that we place our faith in. It's a thing that we place our faith in. So think about that for a second. So for the genuine believer, for the born-again Christian, the seed is the gospel of grace. It's a a person truly trusting in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us and accepting him as our Savior and growing in his love. And they're trusting that alone for their salvation and nothing else. That's the seed of the wheat. See, the weeds, on the other hand, they're trusting on other things, past experiences, what people might have told them, 
that may have not been true. But they're placing their faith in something that, that doesn't stand. They're placing their faith in something that, that isn't real. A spiritual or physical experience that may have not have been real. So what are you trusting your what are you putting your faith in? What are you trusting for your salvation? Right? I mean, I've heard people say, well, my mom said when I was little that that I received Jesus in my heart. Well, if you don't remember and you don't feel it, chances are your mama cannot save you. Your mom cannot tell you that you're saved. You have to know. You have to reflect and know in your heart. Now, being saved at a young age is fine. That's great. But if you don't know what's going on, if you don't remember it, if you don't remember the feeling, if you don't have the convictions of when something goes wrong, right, we may not know. You may not have your faith in the thing that it should be in. Maybe you thought, well, I had this warm and fuzzy feeling some, one time, and I know God spoke to me. Well, he probably was. But just because you had a warm and fuzzy feeling, just because you cried during worship does not save you. And that's one thing that Jesus is trying to tell us here. It's not good enough. We need more than just a fuzzy feeling. And I believe we hear His Holy Spirit and feel His Holy Spirit is a great thing. That's Him communicating with you. But when you don't act on it, when we don't act on it, it's, it's not complete. We need to understand that salvation can only come from accepting Him as our Savior and believing that in our heart and turning to Him putting our faith in Him. And we have to have genuine repentance. Genuine repentance. John 6.44 tells us that it is impossible to be saved until a sinner has been drawn to God. See, being under conviction does not feel good. No one likes being convicted. Right? So you'll never, you'll never forget that. You'll never be, forget that time that God was drawing you in and you, and you realized right then that you needed to ask Him in your heart as, as your Savior. See, if we, don't, if we don't feel that. So the question is today, where do you put your faith? Where is your faith? What do you base your, your hope on? In heaven? It's got to be on the gospel. It cannot be on anything else. It's got to be on the gospel. If it's on anything other than gospel, whether it's, it's money or, or songs or whatever, what people, your family has told you, it's not going to work. That faith is in vain. It, it all has to do with what Christ did on the cross for us. And that's it. So that's the character of the seed. You're either a wheat that produces fruit or you're a weed that produces nothing. You're just a copycat. What about the sower? The characteristics of the sower. We have two sowers here, Right? The good seed was planted by our Savior, Jesus Christ. The owner of the field, the owner of everything, the owner of the kingdom, the owner of the field. But yet, seeds of a weed were still planted. See, Jesus loves us enough that he wants us to grow together with the weeds. He wants us to be protected from being uprooted. Because it would be easy for us to be like, you're a weed, you're a weed, you're a weed. You're, you're hurting our church, you're hurting the kingdom, get out of here. Right? And see, in that process, when we try to start rooting out, we start trying to be the judge and the executioner, guess what? Eventually, we're going to start hurting ourselves. Eventually, you're going to start hurting someone else. You're going to hurt yourself. 
And that's what he's talking about. If you start pulling the weeds, eventually you're going to uproot the good wheat. That's not our job. It's not our job to do weeds. So it's biblical to not have to go to your garden and pull weeds. All right? Good news, right? See, the sower of the wheat is love. It's our Savior. See, the weeds are sown by his enemy, Satan. But why? Why did he do that? Why did he plant weeds? Obviously, it was in an effort to just ruin the crop, right? Get a low blow in there on Jesus, right? It was an attack on the farmer. So we all had this common enemy, right? We all have Satan fighting against us. See, that's what business he's in. He's in the business of sowing weeds among the wheat. That's what he does. And he thinks, if I can place enough of the artificial and with the real, then it can devastate the entire crop. We all have the common enemy. Are you weeds? Are you wheat? See, Satan is always in the business of trying to undo what Christ is doing. You know, he can fill the church with lost members. He can fill it with a bunch of deceived people. He can mix in enough goats with the sheep to lead us astray. He can disrupt the harmony of the church and the fruitfulness of the church. We all have a common enemy. But we, always, we all have someone that's working with us and for us that's stronger than this enemy. We all have the Heavenly Father who's fighting for us and not against us. But it's not our job to point out the weeds. It's not our job to go and weed our church. It's, just, it's not our job. That's not our place. The second, after they were both planted together, they both progressed together. So the weeds had the act, same activity as the wheat. They progressed together, meaning they grew together. As the wheat was growing, so were the weeds. Like I talked about the bearded darnel. The significant thing about this particular weed is it looked just like the wheat. It looked just like the wheat. Only the trained eye can tell the weed from the wheat. So it wasn't like going out and planting a bunch of thorns in the garden. It was destructive. It was deceiving. It's funny how this works. So as both the wheat and the weeds were growing, the weeds did everything that the wheat was doing, right? They did everything that the wheat was doing, and they looked good doing it. It grew up straight just like the wheat. It was looking just like the wheat. It was, had kernels that kind of looked just like the wheat. And to see, it's pretty obvious that saved people, they grow in the Lord, right? We read our Bibles. We pray. We get in study. We get in small groups. And we start to grow. We all grow at different rates. But we start to grow. We, we go to church. We stay in church. We stay in prayer. We stay in the Bible. We worship. We pray. So we're going to grow and prosper in those things. If it's centered around our Heavenly Father. See, wheat produces good fruit. Wheat produces valuable kernels, valuable things that we can use. See, I think our teachers here at Grace, we're producing fruit. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, Carson was at a pool party with his little friends. They're all little kindergartners. And evidently, he was in the pool baptizing all of them. 
So our teachers here at Grace, they're playing a seed, right? We're producing good fruit. And that's our job as wheat is to keep producing that good fruit. But see, the thing is, the thing about weeds is it's still possible for them to look just like us, to, to act just like us. See, the Bible, there's atheists that know this Bible better than I do. There's atheists that could probably preach this message better than I could because they know it better, but yet they don't believe it. They don't feel it. They still don't have the Heavenly Father. They still have not surrendered to the Holy Spirit, but they know it. Those are weeds. A lost person can understand the Bible. A lost person can know all these parables. An atheist can know all these parables, but it doesn't reveal who their heart belongs to. Weeds sing in the church choir. Weeds are on TV preaching, right? Weeds can be teachers. They attend prayer meetings, right? The weeds are everywhere. We're never going to get around that. And that's kind of hard to stomach, but it's a reality. In every church, it doesn't really matter. There's weeds in that church. There are people that are acting the act and looking the part, but yet they've not received Jesus as their Savior. But it's not our job to weed them out. Our job is to produce good fruit and to witness them and keep loving them to eventually one day they let the Heavenly Spirit in. They have all the activity that we have. They have all the activity of wheat, but that doesn't mean that they're real. It doesn't mean that they're real. See, the thing about the beard of Darnell is that it produces a poison. If you eat it, if you consumed it, it would make you sick. The next thing is the weeds had all the appearance of the wheat. See, not only are the weeds growing alongside the wheat, they're copying the wheat. They look just like the wheat. And not only do they grow beside them, but they're stealing the water and they're stealing the nutrients at the roots and they're, they're stealing the water from the wheat, kind of choking it out. Until the weeds and the wheat mature, until it's time to harvest, it can, only then can you tell them apart. So the whole cycle, them progressing and growing together, they're indistinguishable until it's time for harvest. And there's a key difference. And I love this part. Is that the wheat, because the kernels are so heavy, kind of start drooping. And I kind of think that it's like us in reverence to God. We're bowing down and we know that we're nothing without Him. But the wheat is worshiping. It's bowing. But the weeds on their head, they're standing tall. They're proud. They're proud. It's all about me. I can do this on my own. And only then is can you tell them apart. Reminds me of a story that I heard the other day. I said, kind of, kind of relate to this. A man and wife bought their first house, and and the wife, she was so excited about having a garden of her own. She'd never had a garden. She was so excited. So they uh, they go to the house, and in the backyard there was a there was a garden spot, and this house had been. Empty for a very long time, so you could imagine all the weeds that were growing in this garden. 
And so the wife, you know, she threw on her gloves and she went out. She was up just pulling weeds like crazy. And she's out there for a couple of hours and her neighbor came out, started screaming, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's my garden. That's my garden. So the wife thought it was on her property, but it was her neighbor's garden. And she just pulled up all her neighbor's asparagus. So you got to be careful when we try to weed out the weeds in our church. It's not our job. They're copycats. See, these weeds were doing everything that the wheat was doing, right? There were counterfeits, kind of like these two mugs up here. No, I wasn't drinking two cups of coffee this morning, even though I probably could use it. These two mugs look exactly the same except the color. They had the same label. They even have made in China on the bottom, both of them. But see, one is an overpriced original. The other one is a cheap knockoff. That's just as good. And I use it too. Overpriced, original, cheap knockoff. They're almost indistinguishable from the eye. They have the same label just about, right? They both say Yeti on them. But this one is a knockoff from a flea market. Billy Bob sold it to me, right? Overpriced original. But both work just as good. The only difference that, between these two cups is when you hold them in your hand, you can feel a slight difference in the weight. This one still works just as good. It still holds coffee just as good. It's a copycat. Just like the weeds. They're copycat. They look just like us. They act just like us. They talk just like us. And it's almost impossible for us to distinguish the difference between the weeds and the wheat. That's why we can't go around plucking them up. It's not our job. We went to Disney World last week, and I survived, barely. But we went and seen a lot of characters because we were with Carson and one of his friends from kindergarten, and they had a little three-year-old son as well. So we met a lot of characters. And it made me realize that how can Mickey Mouse... How can I be shaking Mickey Mouse's hand over here, and I know he's over here at a different park shaking someone else's hand, right? How is that possible? There's only one Mickey the Mouse, right? No, we all know that there's someone. Oh, sorry, kids. If you got young kids, close their ears. Close their ears because we all know that there's somebody in that Mickey costume here and over there. Hope London's not listening. All right? Because those people... Are, are trained. They know how to act the part. They're dressed exactly alike. Those two costumes are exactly alike. They're identical. They act the same. They have the same mannerisms. They, they have the same height. You can't have a 6'5 guy and a 4'5 and a girl play the same character. It just doesn't work. See, these weeds and wheat, they look the same. They played the same part. They grew together. They both progress together. That's the thing, same thing in the church. Sometimes we cannot tell the difference between the genuine and the artificial. The weeds in the church, they dress right. They talk right. They, they, they walk right. They give every appearance of being saved and being Christian. So if we examine a real Christian and a weed together, it'd be almost impossible for us to tell them apart. But it's not our job. See, it's interesting how the farmer responded to his workers, right? When he was asked about, should, hey, should we go ahead and pluck up all these, these weeds? See, 
He loved them enough to let them grow together until the harvest. Why? Well, like we said before, if they started pulling out those, those weeds, eventually you're going to start tearing out the weed as well. So if we do that in the church, if we start pulling up those weeds, eventually we're going to tear up some weed as well. We're going to start damaging the crop. We're going to do more harm than we do good. So in the very act of ruining out evil, something of value is also damaged. So here's the picture. Here's the point. That we cannot really tell the difference between genuine and artificial. See, if we set ourselves up as judges and the jury and executioner, we start trying to, to weed out the weeds in the church of who we think might be weeds, we're certainly going to start pulling up some wheat in the process. We're going to pull up wheat. So judging between the real and the false, that's God's job. It's not ours. He let us be planted together. He let us grow together. And there's a purpose behind that. He wants us to be together. He wants us to be together. He wants those weeds to see us produce good fruit. There's a point behind it. So judging is not our job. We cannot be the judge. We don't have that power. That's up to God. And I heard a story about a, a guy that was stopped at a traffic light. And he was sitting there, and he's, he was sitting there, and the light turned green, and he stayed, and he stayed, and he stayed. And this lady behind him, oh, she was getting so irate. She starts honking the horn and, and cussing at him and telling him to go on. And she was almost to the point she was getting out of the car, and the light turned yellow, and the guy took up, woke up and took off. No one's done that in here, right? No one's done that in here. Either, either side, right? And we've never been the guy behind or the lady behind Right? We've never honked or horned anybody. Okay? But finally he left. And oh man, she was steaming so, oh, and she was still irate. And a cop walked up to her and tapped on a window and he said, ma'am, you're, you're under arrest. You need to come with me. She's like, oh, okay. What do I do now? So a couple hours went by and, and uh, she got booked and processed. And the cop came back and she said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I, I made a terrible mistake. I, I apologize. And he said, we'll make it up to you however way we can. And, uh, but he said, I'm so sorry for the mistake that I made. He said, but as I pulled up behind you and you're ranting and raving and, and cussing and carry on, I looked at the back of your car and I saw your bumper stickers that said, follow me to Sunday school and Jesus is my co-pilot and what would Jesus do? And he said, I just naturally assumed that you stole the car. So, we cannot be the judge. It's not our job to be the judge, right? Because we all make mistakes. We're not perfect. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, All we see is the outward appearance. All we see is the outward appearance, but God is able to look in the heart. See, we have the problem of just looking on the outside. We have the problem of just looking at, oh, there are wheat. Oh, he's a weed, right? That's what we do. We just look at the outward appearance. We don't know the heart. We don't know the condition of the heart, but God does. And it's his job, right? He is the farmer. He owns the crop. It's his kingdom. So when the harvest comes, it's his job 
to be cultivated, to be processed. And that's what we're going to be talking about, the third one. Both were processed together. And here's where it gets real. Say, eventually the day of the harvest arrived. The reapers were sent into the field to gather the weeds first and then the wheat. Again, like I said before, how could they tell the difference now? Well, the wheat, because it was mature, the kernels were heavier. So they were bowed down. They were leaning over. They were a little bit droopy. Right? That's us in reverence to God. Right? We're bowing our heads because we know it's not anything that we've done. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. But the, wheat, the weeds are still standing there and they're proud. They're standing upright. It's all about what they've done. Right? So that weed's standing tall. They're proud enough. But when the harvest came, they were both gathered. They were both processed. But they had totally different ends. So the weeds during this process were gathered together and they were burned. They were bound together. And in this process, after they took up the weeds, tied them together, and they were burned. It was basically used for kindling. It was like going out and getting firewood, except you didn't need wood. You just used the weeds. They were fit for nothing except to be burned. Only to be burned. So when the harvest came, there were vastly different outcomes. See, if these tares, if the weeds were accidentally eaten, it would make you severely sick, right? Nausea, dizziness, upset stomach, diarrhea, right? They would need Pepto-Bismol quick if they ate the weeds. So they were good for nothing, fit for nothing, but to be burned. The wheat, on the other hand, was stored. It was valued. It was gathered carefully and taken into the barn. Here it would be processed for human consumption, to make bread, to make all good tasty pastries, maybe even sold to make a little profit for the farmer. But it was valued. He kept the wheat. The wheat was stored in the barn. He had no use for the tares. He had no use for the weeds. See, the implications here are very, very clear. When this life runs its course, and it will, there's only two possible destinations for us. We can all look forward to either going to heaven with Him, or if you're a person that lives and dies by the weeds, right? You're going to find yourself eternally separated from the presence of God. You're going to find yourself burning in hell because you're being burned. Because you're fit for nothing except for kindling. And that's hard to swallow. And there's someone here today that you're weed. And you're realizing that now. But it's not the end. A genuine believer, on the other hand, can look forward to going to heaven and being gathered into our Heavenly Father's barn and being stored and being loved and being valued. We can all know that we're going to be gathered together in heaven. The question is, which one is it for you? It depends on whether you're weed or you wheat. So we have to examine ourselves very closely. Are we, is our faith in Jesus Christ alone? Are we sure that he lives in us? 
Or are we putting our faith in something else? Are we putting our faith in the weeds? See, the kingdom of God is a mixed bag in which weeds and the wheat grow together. And it's, and it's supposed to be that way. We can't always tell the weeds and the wheat apart. But see, it's not our job to weed out evil because we can't see their hearts. We don't see the hearts of the people. We, we just don't have that power. See, our job is to take care of ourselves, to take heed and make sure that our hearts are in the right place, to make sure we're true believers that produces good fruit and not hypocrites because the weeds in the church, they're not going to produce fruit. They're going to look the part and act the part. And we cannot be caught acting the part and looking the part and not living it. See, good and evil both grow stronger until God judges the world and all is destroyed. So they were planted together. We're all in this together. We're growing together. And we're all going to be processed eventually. We're all going to be processed. See, good and evil both grow stronger until God judges the world and evil is destroyed. God answers to no authority, to no authority but his own. And he's going to deal gently with people until judgment day to set an example for his people. See, God's going to deal with those counterfeit Christians. And he's going to judge those to be evil and unrepentant at the same time. He's going to judge the weeds and the wheat. So are you weeds? Are you wheat? Because you're one of the two. You're one of the two. They look the part. They act the part. American historian James Truslow Adams said it like this. There's so much bad in the best of us, and there's so much good in the worst of us, that it hardly behooves any of us to find fault with the rest of us. Let me read that again. There's so much bad in the best of us, and there's so much good in the worst of us, that it hardly behooves any of us to find fault with the rest of us. Now, I really like that quote, but I had to go back and, okay, what does the word behoove mean? And that means basically that it's a duty, a responsibility, it's a requirement, it's what's expected. So what he's saying here is that we're expected not to be the judge. It's our duty not to weed the garden. It's our, it's our responsibility not to pull the weeds from the garden because if we start pulling the weeds, we're going to hurt ourselves in the process. He's wanting us to produce good fruit. That good fruit is going to be a process that is going to change that wheat. It's going to change it. It's our duty. It's our responsibility. So I'm going to ask you today, are you, are you a weed? Are you a wheat? Are you going to produce good fruit? Or are you just fit to be burned? Because we all have two choices. We're one of the two. I'm going to bow your heads. So the bad news is, weeds are deceptive. They're damaging. And ultimately destroyed. The weeds are destroyed. But the good news is, weeds don't have to be weeds. See, in the agricultural world, the weeds never transform into wheat it just it can't happen that sort of magical metamorphosis is unheard of in horticulture see we we live in a spiritual world we live in god's kingdom 
We live in a spiritual world, and it happens every day that those weeds are changing from weeds to wheat every day. It's not natural. But the Bible tells us that God doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but for everyone to come into repentance. God longs for every weed to become wheat. So if you're a weed today, you don't have to stay a weed. You don't have to stay a weed. Commit your life to Him. Accept Him into your heart. Repent of your sins and invite Him in to be your Heavenly Father and live for Him. Ask Him to be your Savior today. And you'll, it's not magic, but it's His Spirit that changes you from being a weed to being a fruitful, useful wheat. Believe and receive Jesus. He will make you a permanent part of the eternal garden. You can be changed today. We don't have to stay weeds. He's waiting for us to be changed. The Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that you just open up our hearts, Lord. Lord, just speak to us. Lord, just let us not think too highly of ourselves that, that we go around trying to to pull up the weeds and Lord just have us put up the weed be gone and, and put the spray down because it's not our place it's not our place to distinguish the weeds from the wheat you have that under control Lord, but just if there's anyone here today that does not know you Lord they're on the path to being bound and burned forever Lord, I pray today is the day that you come into their hearts, Lord. Speak to them. Tug at their heart. Lord, today change them from weeds to wheat. Lord, I ask that you be with all of us in here that, that may be wheat, Lord, that we produce good fruit. That we, that we are bowing at your feet and that we're humbled at your feet. So people that will see that we're not doing it for us, we're not doing it for show, that we're doing it for you. Lord, that we owe you everything. And everything is possible through you, but through our own, we're nothing. Without you in our hearts, we're just a bunch of weeds. And only you can change us. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you do. Lord, I just ask that you be with the Borlands and be with Bob Bottoms as he's had surgery. And Lord, there's so much going on in our church, Lord, and around this county and around this state. Lord, we just ask that you have your hand in all of it. Lord, just send your comforting spirit to, to all those who need you. Lord, we, we lift you up and we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, for making a way for us to be changed from weeds to wheat. Lord, thank you for letting us grow together because when we grow together, we have a chance not to condemn the weeds, but to change them. Lord, we thank you for everything that you do. In your name we pray.